They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time. Featuring Joe C. Dang it! Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my head. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. Thursday has arrived, playoff field to your football weekend. Lots and lots of football to look at. Welcome in. XL Primetime, short show today. We go from noon until 2 o'clock, and then you got the Frangie Show rolling in. Coach's show and Jaguars programming coming up after that. Welcome in. Beautiful day. We've got those cool temperatures out there, but hopefully everybody's enjoying it. A little outerwear that you could throw on and then uh, get ready for that sun to kind of hang out up above and warm you up just a little bit. Now, a warm feeling that you like to get when you're heading into the football weekend, you know, we're minus college football through the weekend. We had a bunch of it last weekend, and again, we'll have that that tearful goodbye to college football with the Monday night mm. national championship game uh, coming up. Now, we had that tearful goodbye when the regular season, or, or say championship Saturday, ended in early December, and then here we are a little over a month later, and we'll say goodbye to it again. We talked about the odds with Washington and Michigan, so we'll keep an eye on that and also look at the odds for all the NFL games. Here's what I've learned, people, uh, in the short time between either teams clinching or getting eliminated from the postseason, there are a lot of guys that aren't going to be playing on Sunday. I mean, a lot of guys. And so we'll go through all those. You mean opting out? Well, yeah, they're, they're NFL's version of opting out. Are we going to complain about the games yeah. now because yeah. these guys are opting out? No, because they basically, like, say, Joey Flacco is an example. He's like, I'm an old man, okay? I'm 38, about to be 39. I think he does turn 39 in January. He does. Ja- yeah. January and, Joe, baby. <laughs> and he's like, I'm an old man already. Uh, let someone else come in here. And so Jeff Driscoll, we'll start for him. And you got Carson Wentz starting for the L.A. Rams instead of Matt Stafford. So we'll go through all of them. But as we get going today with kind of like a, a, a cold that I'm dealing with, it still doesn't mean I can't crank this out. <laughs> On a Thursday as we are heading into playoff football. Leon, can you feel it? Because it is a playoff feel to this weekend for you. It's Jaguars. the best time of the year. I mean, if you're a professional athlete and you play in the NFL, you look, look, you, you look forward to these moments because – the whole regular season is to get you to this point, to where you're dancing in January, where you're playing for something. You're playing for that Lombardi. You know, like Ricky Bobby said, if you ain't first, you're last. Only one person <laughs> is going to hold that Lombardi. But there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of challenges going into the playoffs. And I, I absolutely love that. Listen, I was fortunate enough through my whole career when I played, I, I was always in contention. I was always in the dance. So I can't even imagine teams who are not in it will be going home when it's all said and done. Right. And I was in the situation kind of like what the Ravens are in right now. I mean, I'm in a situation where you got it locked, no need to play your starters, and you just get the rest, and then you, you just take mental reps and you help the guys that, that are going in that, that for you. So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a good situation to lock up the number one seed, but unfortunately I've been in the number one seed um, three times and – didn't work out well. Oh. Well, that was my next question, Leon, is you look at a Lamar Jackson. He's not going to play this weekend against yeah. the Steelers. They get a bye in the first round of the playoffs mm-hmm. as that number one seed. That means he's not going to play for three weeks. And you have to ask that question. You really do. Are yeah. you Are, are you going to be the same You're going to get healthy, guy? but then is there rust? Rest over rust. Yep. Rest that's, over that's rust. That's always the question. Yeah, um, well, that's what, that's what 
being a professional is all about. You, you can't allow that. The rush mentally, you got to stay equipped mm -hmm. to what you what you're dealing with. You're watching a lot of film. You're getting rehab and all that kind of stuff. Because when you get number one to see, you earned it. You yeah. earned it. You, you get that privilege. You're getting that week off to give your give your team that that adequate rest that it may need. Go now. Teams feel like if they're hot because you got to think about the Ravens have been on this hot streak and sometimes they've been winning all these big right. games against these big teams. You kind of want to play. You kind of want to keep it going, and and it may be a little rust, but that team right there, I've seen that team play. They're well equipped yeah, on both I, sides of the ball. I, I always like just as far as the physical game is concerned, mm -hmm. and the play that you have been engaged in, seventeen of eighteen weeks. I will risk rust for rest. Mm -hmm. I will, and, and and especially they are humming. You are correct, but let's just use baseball. <laughs> And basketball is an example. Baseball, J.J. and I can appreciate it because the Braves and Dodgers were uh, summarily dismissed. Yes, uh, I'm very against rest. In exactly. Baseball. And so rest mm -hmm. is a no-no in, in the game of baseball. Maybe a little bit for your yeah. starters to get their Just arms to get your in rotation. line, but that's exactly. it. A yeah. whole week is way too much. Uh, get your rotation right, but honestly, that, that layoff for baseball and the rotation is just its clunky and it doesn't work. And so that I, I totally identify with. Keep it rolling. You are red hot. But in a physical football game where you're being knocked around all the time, if you can put your feet up just at least one week and watch it and then come back. And in the case of the Ravens, like you said, mm -hmm. they've taken care of business. All right, San Francisco's <clears throat> taking care of business. L.A. is taking care of business, meaning the Rams. Mm -hmm. Who is going to play among those two teams? And you've got uh, you know, all these other ones, the Cleveland Browns. Who's going to play against the Cincinnati Bengals? So we'll look at all of them uh, as we go along today. It's, I mean, but, it's, it's a health thing. Mm -hmm. Just protect yourself is what you're doing. Yeah. It, Why play and risk getting injured when the playoffs are right around the corner? And you can get, like, in other words, I do understand, like, we've used examples before. Like Leon said, he's been a number one <clears> seed, and it hasn't worked out. You haven't made it all the way uh, to the Lombardi. But a lot of number one teams have benefited, okay? Even though we have recent history that says these teams are getting knocked out, yeah. I still would take the rest. Man. Well, well, here's the thing that coaches are more concerned in the rust is the, the distractions that lead up to the rust. Mm -hmm. Because when you're the number one seed and you get this time off, the coaches are more concerned about the guys off the field than on the field. Yeah, because now you've got an extra <laughs> week because the coach, you're going to get a lot of time away from the facility, all right, because there's no need to go the extent of the whole week of practice. So the mm -hmm. coaching staff will probably give you three or four days off. Guys usually take trips, go here, go there, make sure they're back in time. So that's what you got to work. I, I guarantee you the coaches are more concerned about that than they are about the guys being rusty on the game. Maybe, maybe. All right, now we said it's a playoff field up in Nashville. It's a five-and-a-half-point line, something in that neighborhood. Trevor Lawrence spoke yesterday. We're taking a look at it, you know, basically listed as, as you didn't practice, limited, all that stuff. The left finger popped up on the injury report yesterday. Which is which, one of the funnier stories of yeah, the young season throw, behind throw the scenes. Uh, yeah. yeah, he walked in with – I guess a Band-Aid, uh, like, like a wrapping. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and one of the reporters asked about it, and after that they were like, well, I guess we got to put this <laughs> on the injury it. report. Yeah, and, and so we, you know, we, we were talking about it you know, just as far as, you know, hey, hey, where are the Jaguars at? How's the shoulder? Well, you go right shoulder, left finger, and Justin Herbert had a left finger problem, but it was significant compared mm -hmm. to what – Yeah, this is like the tip of his, of his finger, which obviously it's his non-throwing finger, yes. but it's still vital to the actual throwing You ever slammed mechanism. your door – Right, your oh, finger that's before? what it looks like. It's extreme. That's exactly oh. what it looks like. It was just like wrapped up from that. Which don't forget, Tyson Campbell also broke the tip of his finger, yeah. mm. which I was told it was the freakish, freakish like situation that he mm. just like went into the training staff and was like, 
hey, my finger kind of hurts. Off. Yeah, well, no, he went yeah. in and was like, my finger kind of hurts. Not enough Ronnie They took Locks an X-ray. The exactly. There's this exactly. tiny little bone at the very tip right yeah. here that like doesn't affect his day to day. But yeah, but still, so it's kind of. Just the tip is uh, yeah, apparently yeah. not not great fine. right I'll now. I'll save that. It, could, yeah. it can be good. It can I mean, be why good. Why would you even say that? You knew that was going to be yeah. a problem. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I know. It can I'm be. I'm leaning into it, okay? All mm-hmm. right. So the, the you know, when you think about it, I, all you care about is, is he going to be rested and is he going to be accurate with the football? And I can imagine that left finger still is a problem when it comes to handing off. Make sure you get the clean handoff. Remember the fumble going back uh, to the exchange with Ernest Johnson. So all those things matter. And obviously getting out there and practicing matters. Uh, but it's go time. And you're going up against a team that right now, uh, I would think a lot of that roster, they already have checked out either mentally or physically. Hey, we're done. We're done. It's over. Oh, yeah, you want us to fight hard against – yeah, my rival, maybe your rival, but it ain't going to be my rival next year. So some of those guys might be already looking to the future and maybe even looking at being with another team. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A gift for Billy Napier. Mm. Grayson Pup Howard <gasps> has committed to the University wow. of Wow. I just go. said to JJ, too, that I wasn't doing much digging and I was a little, you know, surprised that Pup had entered the transfer portal so late. Didn't think it was possible. Mm. I thought you were going to say Quinshawn Junkins, who, oh, by the way, just entered the portal. Yeah, yeah Ole, Ole Miss, Miss is running, running back. back. Yeah. yeah, and he's a good player. Well, that's also like a – that's – I'm telling you right now, you know what that is? That's, oh, all these guys are getting money to come here, all these portal guys? Probably. A hundred percent. That's well, what it is. They'll so go funny. back there. They'll pay him and they'll go back. Like we're veering off real quick. And I, actually, let's set this up to get into it in, in just a second because we're going to stay on your Jags. But when you do have it, where you're going out and getting in the portal and you're bringing people in, those inside notice and they're like, "Wait a minute, he's getting what to show up?" And I've been here, and we'll compare that oh, to yeah. a locker room with free agents in the National Football League. Same so we'll thing. do that coming yeah. up. Yeah, we'll do that coming up. It's XL Primetime. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hit the text line, 641-1010, designed by Lifetime Enclosures, uh, and let us know what you're thinking about your Jaguars heading to Nash Vegas. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. Our boy Charles, who's very active on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, just sent us this headline for next Monday. Flacco flaccid wilting under stiff pressure from a ferocious Jags (laughs) defense. I couldn't resist the obvious puns. Uh, Uh, Don't worry, Charles. This was locker room talk. We will get back to the Jaguars. Of course, first got to take... There's a pill for that. First got to take care of the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. We'll dive into that matchup and the latest from the injury report coming up. It is XL Primetime on a Thursday. Mia O'Brien, Josie, Matt Hayes, Leon Searcy, JJ LaSelva, the gang back together for a full week for the first time in oh so long. Let's keep it, though, on the college front. Again, if you just missed it, some significant news for the Florida Gators as they earn the – I mean, for me, it's a shock because I literally said to J.J. 15, 20 minutes ago in our pre-production meeting, I said, I don't think there's any way that Grayson Howard comes home to Florida. And I have him pride, and obviously we've had him on the program, good friends with his former coaches at Andrew Jackson. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to pride just yet. I know it's got to be quick because you got to enroll – got to be one of those big names like Alabama or Georgia but no one year after failing to earn his commitment initially out of high school Billy Napier goes out and he gets Grayson Howard uh, and I'm I'm sure well the details of 
you know, how what this came to be. What didn't work up there? That's what, what I want to know. Right, what didn't work up there, because he's like one of like five transfers from South Carolina in the last week, yeah. um, which is interesting. But you couple that with how did Florida reel this one in, and it's kind of out of left field. I mean, Matt, you, you tell me. Like, I feel like this one, I mean, certainly. He's a good kid, too. He, he's, oh, a, he's, a, he's a local guy that clearly was recruited by Florida. Yeah. It didn't work out at South Carolina. I'm sure his family probably said, hey, it'd be nice to have you home. It'd be nice right. to have you closer to home. And, and then the Florida, some dollars. And Florida has yeah. a need, oh, by the way, at linebacker, and at pretty much most every position. But so, it, yeah, why wouldn't you? If they the, give you, you know, the million dollar, money, yeah. The million-dollar question is, he, does he see more oil leaking in Columbia than he does in Gainesville, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. The Gators know. did beat yeah. South Carolina. Yeah, there you go. It's, um, it's negligible. I'll tell you that. It's negligible. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between the oil leak. Yeah. Oh, it's but – I'm just saying. That's why be, I think it's closer to home. It would – yeah, I think that makes the most sense. NIL – and you get close to home. Yeah. Uh, real quick, the Quinshawn Junkins news in Ole Miss. He's <laughs> transferring, entering the transfer portal out of Oxford. And, Leon, he was a stud. But mm-hmm. just pair it up with guys coming in and getting paid, guys in that locker room not getting, maybe not getting what they want or feel they deserve, and that creates a little angst, much like when a free agent yeah. in the NFL gets gets a big payday. Well, I mean, yeah. Like that, that, see, that was the biggest concern for me when it came to the NIL is the ascension in the locker room because if the, the components of the locker room is not in order, then you've got chaos. And it kind of re- reflects like the free agency when it comes to a guy where you pay in-house before you go outside the house and, mm-hmm. and you get paid. So, I mean, it, it's just – the dynamics of the locker room is, is, is always a concern when you're dealing with NIR, when you got guys who've already been there and have established themselves, and then you got, got outside guys that come in and got your position getting more money than you when you've been a stable here with the university. But it's just something you have to deal with. You, As a coach, like, like Matt said, you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm always concerned about the, 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 the dynamics of the locker room when it comes to – Guys, make because you're dealing with 17, 18 year olds. It's important. I mean, this is these aren't grown these aren't grown men yet. You're dealing with 17, 18 year old guys who are arrogant at times and egotistic and talk about money and flash money, and you know all the stuff with social media encompasses. They they want to be a part of it. Let's pair this with another college team, the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. who by all accounts is building a super team in twenty twenty four. The reports of you know, maybe this guy didn't take as much NIL money because, hey, I wanted to ensure so-and-so was able to come through and he got his money. A Tom Brady sort of, sort of say. Right. Okay, all right. And I, like so, I like that already. I mean, let's be real. We are still, I know it's 2024 now, but we're still within that 10-year gap of the Warriors building a super team, of mm-hmm. the Cavaliers building a super team. I know that's the NBA. I know it's college football. It's different. But it's not that far removed of this thought of, Let's bring in the best guys that we possibly can and say, you know what, maybe I'm not going to get as much money, but if I'm going to be on a winning team that then's going to help my NFL prospects, mm-hmm. does that still exist? I'm not sure. I- I'll be very interested to see if a 18-, 19-year-old is giving up money to get other people to come and help them win. That will be very interesting because I've- I haven't seen it yet. doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But if, right. but if you're let's- – let's, a- let's take, for instance, someone like um, – you know, Carson Beck. Let's say Carson Beck wants to get the number one guy wide receiver out of the train. And he says, listen, I'm willing to give up this, this, and that to bring this kid in. I could see something like that. You're bringing in a component. Going, you're bringing another athlete that's going to help you Here's win why I don't think games. that's going necessary. Tom Brady on him. It's yeah. not necessary. There's no salary cap. 
Right. So right. it's like unless right. they just say we're hey we're this booster should pay you. <laughs> unless they just say we're tapped. <laughs> That's all I. Yeah. Yeah. Spend everything. Well, I mean, what if what if the kid like, says people do that in the league because there's a limit That's on true. how much yeah. they can. But spend. What, what if the kid won eight hundred and only has six hundred and Carson says, <laughs> well, well, I'm I'll peel off a couple stats. I'll pull off a couple stats. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. And look, I I would think. To your point, Leon, mm-hmm. creating a solidarity, it's all for one, one for all. Yeah. And I'm not going to give you all my money. I'm going to give you some of my money. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone does remain happy. Yeah, but, but, but I can only see that happening if the objective is to go to the next level. If you, if, you, know, if you, if you think that you can get you another weapon on your team that can help you win a championship and then you know, aspirations for the NFL, I, I, think that's, I think that's doable. All right, speaking of next level, let's do our push to the playoffs from the Atlantic to the Pacifico with Pacifico beer found in Baja imported by surfers and you can pick up a delicious Pacifico in the cooler at your local Publix, Winn-Dixie, maybe ABC or Total Wine, whatever it might be, or order it up at one of your watering holes. And Pacifico, definitely looking forward to the push to the playoffs, not only for your Jacksonville Jaguars, but for all the other teams that are there as well. We mentioned that we're looking at a Week 18 with a lot on the line, including this team winning and collecting another AFC South title. But let's hit some of the highlights from this past week and kind of get lined up for this weekend. The Eagles suck. On second and goal, Connor again, nose down, he's in for the Cardinal touchdown! Arizona takes the lead with 32 seconds left. The Niners get back on track. The four-man rush, Purdy, nothing downfield, Smith-Williams was chasing, Purdy gets out of there, looking deep, back in the end zone, he's got Ayuk for the touchdown! We have a Najee Harris sighting. Second down and five. Here's Harris. 95 yards on the ground. Oh, boy. This play, a big stiff arm and a first down. Paco runs wild. Here's Mahomes. Fires it. Touchdown, Kansas City. Pacheco on the receiving end. Wow. The Colts and Texans stay alive. Issue pressure coming. Taking a deep shot. Pierce is there. Texan touchdown. Jerry Hughes knocked it loose. Lamar locks up the MVP. Jackson step and fire. Oh, full separation for Zay Flowers. Flowers cuts it. Flowers has the angle and the touchdown. Boy, was that a big play with Zay Flowers, who actually was questionable going into the game, and then he had some jets uh, on that one. Uh, kudos to the cyber chick for uh, – Picking up the Paco name on uh, Isaiah Pacheco. She struggled to say Paco. Yeah, she, she said, did, like, Paco. She hit it, I, I tried my hardest. Yeah, but. she hit it, though, I thought. Uh, <laughs> I, thought so. you, so I thought you said Hacker, and I was going to say, <laughs> Hacker's not on the run. I know where Hacker is. Yeah. He's sitting on his bidet at home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I'm nice. not even, he was going to shoehorn that into the show. Why were we on that? was getting into the show. That. You know it was. <laughs> I'm not even touching that. If we don't acknowledge it. We have to at least acknowledge it, Joe, that he got a bidet for that. He's cultured. Here's the thing. You're not. We already have, and I don't want to go back to that visual. Yeah, just because okay? you weren't here just last year. Just because I wasn't here, though. But, I mean, again, I know you're infatuated with that part of his lifestyle. <laughs> no, I went on his show this morning. He's been so I, I, I recorded something minutes. on his show this morning yeah. for tonight, and yeah. he was all excited about his brand-new bidet, trying to tell me, you know, 
have you, have you ever had a bidet, man? Yeah. And apparently well, this thing, like, not only well, cleans you, but it deodorizes and fans. And fans yeah. and, yeah. We're all well, man's men, right? right? My point <clears throat> to him was, you're just late. You are one lazy dude, man. If it's that's not laziness. That's oh, no, it's culture. Nah, I don't know about culture. By the way, it's it's zesty, okay? That part of it, is, it there's a plus with you with you having that. It's the other stuff it's that I can't It's zesty? Is that what head. you said? It's zesty? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want to. I just don't want to. I don't even want to go there. I'll never eat <laughs> zesty You, are, you just again. opened up the door by saying yeah. it's zesty. I don't even want to go there. Oh, I think that might be an issue with you, actually. Yeah. So, I, look, I'm a fan. I just can't picture it. That's Not that there's anything wrong with that, JoJo. Yeah. I refuse. I refuse. All right, let's get back to the Pacifico push to the playoffs. Uh, you can enjoy one of those delicious uh, Pacificos with uh, some good tacos, the Taco Lou, and then see what happens uh, afterwards. All right, so we've got the playoff picture, and we know that the Baltimore Ravens are sitting there with a lot of guys. I don't know how many guys are resting. We're talking a bunch that they will probably sit down, including Lamar. And by the way, Lamar wasn't playing last year, and they still had backups get them to the postseason. Now, they didn't advance, but – Snoop and those guys were able to get things going. So we'll All see what I happens. know is, how pumped are we for Sunday's matchup between Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz on the left coast, yeah, baby? I, I, I'm laughing when I saw that Carson Wentz was going to step up and play. And I know that Sam Darnold actually probably won't look too bad. He won't against uh, the L.A. Rams because it's just the way things work with Kyle Shanahan. He's Niners a currently a four-point favorite, according to my bookie. Yeah, and so... The the idea that the Rams don't gain anything, the Browns don't gain anything, the Ravens don't gain anything. I'm trying to think of who else might be in there that has absolutely nothing to gain. We're going to find out what those games look like. Cleveland is a seven-point dog to the Bengals. The Rams are a four-point dog to the 49ers. The Steelers are a four-point favorite. Is that right? Did they make <laughs> yes, them? Yes, it went the, up yeah, from yeah. a three-and-a-half-point line to a yeah, four-point line. Yeah, because they know that uh, Baltimore is just going to basically mail it in. Meanwhile, we do have some other ones that are hugely important. Miami and Buffalo, a three-point line right now with the Miami Dolphins as the dog in this game because of a couple of questions. Tua's got a little bit of a shoulder problem. You're taking a look at whether or not they're going to have Raheem Mostert healthy. No Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and Bradley Chubb going down with the ACL. I'm trying to think of Jalen Waddell hurt. You know, a lot of guys that they're having to deal with. But the bottom line is, Leon, that you know we have the winner win in your end scenario with one half of this Jaguars-Titans game. Miami and Buffalo, you take the division or you slip into that wild card spot is basically how it's going to play. Well, I, Buffalo definitely has the upper hand with all the the mass amount of injuries that the Dolphins are having to deal with. And I, I so I, I was listening to something on ESPN. They 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 fixed out a scenario if the Buffalo loses this game, that if Pittsburgh and the Colts win somehow, Buffalo that we talked about so scary getting into the playoffs may not make the playoffs. I mean, so I don't know if this is a must win for Buffalo. But it kind of is because there was there was a scenario on ESPN. I can't, I can't remember it specifically, but if mm-hmm. Buffalo loses the game, Steelers wins, Colts win. It could be a scenario to where they may not even make the playoffs. It's Correct. The, the, the Colts and Texans cannot tie. Yes. There's a, all right, so to win the division, this is for the Miami Dolphins side of this. Mm-hmm. To win the division, they've got to beat Buffalo on Sunday. Good news is that they've already clinched a playoff first. So they know they're in mm-hmm. as a wild card, uh, which means they'll be headed to the postseason no matter what. And the Bills are now trying to make sure that they either win or yeah. have to rely on help to make sure that they get that 
that additional wild card spot. Right now, the Colts are plugged in as the seventh overall seed. Colts nine and seven, Texans nine and seven, playing each other Saturday night. So mm-hmm. we will at least know who's won that before Jacksonville kicks off at one o'clock, and then we'll also know the Pittsburgh outcome. Uh, and so, because Pittsburgh could be a player in this if Jacksonville were to lose on Sunday. So basically, when you're taking a look at it, Steelers are in the hunt for the playoff spot. They are expected to win, and then we'll find out what happens between the Colts and Texans. And the boys were talking about it on the drill this morning. Vivid Seats did the analysis of the secondary market. It's expected that over 50% of the seats at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday night will be occupied by Buffalo Bills fans. I'm not shocked. Probably not that surprising because it's the Bills. They travel. We saw when the Jaguars faced them in London. It was very much a Bills home game. They have nothing to spend their money on in Buffalo. Let's be real. Besides wings. I mean, honestly, if, if, and this is a big if, this team wins Sunday, how many Browns fans do you think are going to be showing up at this stadium? There'll be quite a few. Yes, 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 quite a few. Uh, so, there you go. Pacifico, push to the playoffs along with your Jaguars, the rest of the National Football League. We're looking at all of them, and we will keep it going all the way to when they hand out the Lombardi. Don't forget Pacifico. Head to Taco Lua or any of your other locations and enjoy a nice Pacifico. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. We always go to our man up in Nash Vegas, Blaine Bishop. He starred as a Tennessee Titan in a star middays on 104.5 The Zone with Blaine and Mickey. Uh, welcome in, Blaine. How you doing, bro? Man, how you guys and, and ladies doing, man? You doing pretty good? Yeah, happy new year. Uh, you know, we're ready to take another title away from you. Are you okay with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, uh, now I sit in a different seat. Uh, I always <laughs> want the Titans to do well, uh, but now that this season is you know, played out the way it has. I mean, they, they have no shot to actually. So uh, all they can be is spoilers, and I don't know if they even have enough to even be that. You know what, Blaine? You know, fortunately, you know, we, we were never in this situation. Every time that we were up against each other, you know, it was always playoff implications. I mean, what, yeah. what, what could be going on in that locker room? Where is the motivation for this team to come up and show up on Sunday? Well, you know, I think that's an individual question. You know, some guys like D-Hop, Henry, different players, even Andre Diller, someone that plays off of the tackle like you did, uh, has uh, incentives where if they play so many snaps, they get so many catches, they get so many yards. Uh, and also, you have to have pride because this is a business. And if you don't go out there and think that you're not only playing for yourself, this team, or any other team because the eye in the sky don't lie. So you got all kind of motivations, and guys are going to get opportunities, whether you're a backup or starter, whether you're on this team or another team. So I think in professional sports, there's always a drive to be driven, uh, or you know you could lose your spot. Uh, so I, you know that that never crossed my mind. It actually would piss me off when I played as a player that I'm going to show that I am not part of this losing team. And when you turn on that tape, you're going to see a whole different level of a guy compared to everybody else. Now, Blaine, also I was wondering because they might be playing for a send-off. I mean, this might be the unfortunate move on from Tannehill, Derrick Henry, right. or even Coach Vrabel. I mean, could, could they be inspired by the fact that these guys are going to probably – because you know how guys talk in the locker room. You know how whispers go on in the locker room. This could be a send-off of all three of those guys in this game. Well, for Tannehill and uh, Derrick Henry, uh, their contracts are up. So I do think, uh, you know, they are definitely – this is their last game. Uh, Vrabel is up to debate. You know, a lot of people here don't even want to say that he's on the hot seat, which is actually ridiculous. Uh, if you look at his record, 
uh, zero wins in the division. You can go down the laundry list of things, as I did on our show, uh, the Blaine and Mickey show, a couple of days ago, and he has to be on the hot seat. It's unquestionable. I don't, you know, Bill Belichick's the best, and he didn't forget how to coach, but he's on the hot seat, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they, this is, could be a send-off, but they want to go off on a good note, though, to your point. I would thank Tannehill and Henry to hopefully continue to increase their value and so that they can still be elite players in this league or starters for Tannehill or a backup. You can find former Titans pro bowler turned 104.5 The Zone host Blaine Bishop at bbishop23 on X Twitter. What are they calling it up here, up, uh, up in Nashville these days? Is it Twitter? Is it X Blaine? Or... Well, I, did, I do what you just did. I go Twitter, I mean, you know, X, I mean, whatever X you want to call it. X slash Twitter, whatever we want to call it these days. Um, what do we want to call the Titans quarterback situation these days? Obviously, Will Levis is going to be, I would think, handed the keys to the kingdom after this season. Do you anticipate him playing on Sunday? Or, because he is the future, do you think this team will rest him? Uh, I don't think they're going to rest him because, uh, you know, that they just want to rest him. I, I think they're going to not play him if he's not healthy enough. And he hasn't practiced, so I'm going to make the assumption, and I could be totally wrong, that he will not play. Now, I think Tannehill will, will start. Uh, and uh, their future quarterback, with being banged up here over the last three weeks pretty significantly and barely practicing each week, I would think uh, you would uh, let Tannehill go out there and get him, let him earn his keep for his $30 million he's making <laughs> and uh, let your future move forward. Uh, next season, Blaine, with do that you, horrific offensive line. <laughs> do you uh, do you see them playing hard Sunday, or do you see it kind of playing out the string? Now that is a question that has not come up yet, and I have to give credit to Vrabel and his staff. They have played hard. Now it's a lot of guys out there that they weren't even on the roster at the beginning of the season, <laughs> so they're out there playing for something. So that's one thing that you can't question. At least thus to this point, may change in this game. It's the last game. Everybody's packed up and ready to go home. Uh, but uh, they have played hard uh, for Vrabel, uh, so I have to give them credit for that so they at least have some pride. Talking with Blaine Bishop, former Tennessee Titan, uh, Mickey and Ryan. Mickey, Ryan, and Blaine Bishop, you can catch him on 104.5 The Zone and at bbishop23. So when we think of Vrabel and the Rand-Carthon relationship, kind of give us a little more intel. Carthon comes in as the new decision-maker. And how is he getting along with Mike Vrabel, and does he like the idea of continuing with Vrabel? Well, here locally, no one in the media knows who actually is making the decision. Now, we can make assumptions. Rand came in, and we thought it was a power struggle with Vrabel and JR, the previous GM. And then we assumed, at least I did, that Vrabel has all power. That's that's the perception. And that uh, Rand then collaborates with him on those decisions. Uh, so I, you know, no one even knows who's making decisions. It, it's been asked multiple times to both gentlemen, and no one still knows. Wow. I have no idea. Mm. Uh, but I'm assuming that it's Vrabel. Okay. Now, Blaine, I want you to put your GM hat on for a minute now, okay? Mm-hmm. So I want you to look at Will Levis. Is, is, is Will Levis your future? Is it someone you can build – a franchise around who do you sign in the off season, and what do you need to build around him to have, for him to have success in the future? Yeah, yeah, I think Will <clears throat> Levis is the uh, you know you can build around him. I, I think he'd be the franchise quarterback. I was real uh, excited to see that they made that decision once he got out there. He just has a big arm. He can make a lot of different throws that Tannehill can't make off 
targets, uh, you know, with feet not planted. Uh, I was actually thoroughly impressed with them from day one. Uh, so, yeah, I think they can build around. They got to continue to get him some weapons, but naturally, you're going to, you know, stay with Brable, you got to have a left tackle. So, Thursday, if you're ready to come out of retirement, <laughs> they need a left tackle bad, and I mean in the worst way. Um, I can never sign with the Titans. I can never do that. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, watch this. Never say never. Everybody has a price there, Leon. Now We all know that. I I see you negotiating already right now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so they have to start there. Uh, You can get a playmaker for sure. Uh, And maybe another veteran, maybe in free agency lineman. Need a cornerback. Linebacker is going to be free agent. Uh, Always can do for another pass rusher. So they – you know, they, they need some elite players that can come in and be consistent contributors, proven players uh, in the National Football League. And, and Dillard just couldn't get it done. He has the athleticism, but he doesn't have the technique and he doesn't have the mental makeup that you must have to be a tough you-know-what on the offensive line. Let's stay on the defensive side of the ball, Blaine, especially since that is your area of expertise. Um, the Titans, I think you said the stat yesterday, Josie, or mm-hmm. someone in, in our headquarters did, that the Titans have, I think, four interceptions or something like that on the whole season. It's like dead last in the NFL or, or something like you that. You throw on them. And obviously, you know, Kevin Byard heads off to Philly. Walk yeah. us through because I think when we when we think Titans in general, big picture, and even when I was down in the Jaguars locker room yesterday, the players said this too, you think physical, you think line of scrimmage. Obviously, no Jeffrey Simmons in this matchup, but there's still Danico Autry. There's still the threat of Harold Landry. But the rest of that defense – what does it have right now? And as we talk about building blocks for seasons ahead, what do they actually have in the cupboard? Well, the guys who are starting now, they're, they're, none of those guys are starters in the NFL. And they, I think they knew that, but they're forced their hand with uh, guys being injured. Hooker uh, was a good safety. He's on IR. Uh, don't know the extent of his injury, but he, he's out. Uh, everybody, that's why I said they need the corner. They should have drafted a corner last year, as I mentioned, at least with the second-round pick. Uh, they have Bunting, who's a you know a good player, but he's not a to me he's not a starter in the National Football League. Fulton is out; he's out of contract after this season. Vrabel, for whatever reason, dude's a good kid, doesn't like him. He he get beat for a touchdown, he yank him out the game, and I go, I don't like that because in the NFL, the guy behind him is it's the reason why he's behind him. And then when it would happen to Bunting, he would <clears throat> never take him out the game. Yeah. And it's, Fulton yeah. was the best corner on the team. True. He was the best corner on the team. Now, I'm not saying he's elite, but he was the best corner on this team. So there's a lot of things that he does that I, I don't like, and there's some things that I do like. I think managing the new-gen player generation, I think Brable's out of touch. I think that's what's going on with Belichick. I think that's what Brable. All these old-school guys are not adapting to how you got to coach these new form of NFL players. If you don't relate, then you're going to lose your job. It so is that's interesting. Why we see all these other young coaches having success because they can relate to these two. Yeah, it's true. It ain't easy, man. Uh, the portal, the NIL in college, and then obviously, like you said, today's athlete. That's for sure. Well, listen, bro, we appreciate it. And I made up the uh, championship belt, uh, the Battle of the Vills, uh, between 1010 uh, XL oh. and, and 104.5 The Zone. And we're holding it again, man, if, if we win on Sunday. So at some point, you might get it headed up there to Nashville, but, but not just yet. Yeah, I'm not expecting the. I'm expecting the Jaguars to win, even though it's in, you know, in Tennessee, you know, Henry's last game yeah. that could be their saving grace. But man, the offensive line is putrid. I mean, horrible. And Henry still got a thousand yards. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, he's unreal. 
He's unreal. It has been a great run for him up there, that's for sure. All right, dude, enjoy it on Sunday, and we will talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys, anytime. All right, Bye-bye. man, at bbishop23, uh, Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Make sure you check them out there. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's still worth pointing out that the Florida Gators have gotten to a point where they're starting to – at least get the numbers back. We mentioned earlier, Grayson Howard has now decided he's in the transfer portal. Jason Marshall, the news coming out that he is sticking around. When you start adding it up, Billy Napier, at the very least, has secured a couple of people, maybe a newbie on the defensive side, and then an old veteran in Marshall to come back and make sure that they have some numbers on that side of the football. He's also got three former players visiting A&M this weekend, um, but that obviously is them following a position coach, perhaps, and the Mm -hmm. guy who recruited them. Look, I mean, it was always going to be a heavy lift, but the portal, I know JJ asked me earlier, the portal hasn't closed just yet. You need to be enrolled when school starts, which is the 14th. Correct me if I'm wrong, Right right around 12, 13, 14, yeah. All you got to do is get in. So – First off, the, the guys that played in the New York Six New York Six Bowl and the playoff get an extra week, okay? Mm-hmm. But all you have to do is be in the portal. You can transfer whenever you want. You gotta be you gotta be in the school in August on the day that, that class is closed for the for that semester. Right. And uh, I think we all know And the portal opens up again April fifteenth. Right. And I think days. we all know if they can get in class to or like go through whatever deadline, they get a couple of extra days. They can get there. The little tutor showed up for them. You know. That all works. That all works. All right. I do want to go back to the point that Blaine made about the the one saving grace that Titans fans are holding on to as they get ready for this matchup is that this could be Derrick Henry's final game in a Tennessee uniform. And I've seen plenty of, you know, Yuli folks on our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. I've seen plenty of, you know, fans who have clamored for, hey, would the Jaguars consider kicking the tires on Henry in a second act? I mean, you tell me, Leon. I mean, is is it something worth Hell exploring? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yes. I, Hell I yes. think he still has something left in the tank. Absolutely. If you can get Derrick Henry on a one or two year deal here in Jacksonville, on the cheap, on the cheap, yeah. All your third yeah. down and one yeah. our problems well, are solved. Okay, we just got through joking that you know you would never play in a Titans uniform, but he would be coming but, home. Yeah, he's coming home. That's yeah. different. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would embrace it. What I yeah. would be curious to see though is. Look at how long it took Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, some of these other veteran guys to find homes. That's what I'm so curious about Mm -hmm. with this potential free agency market for Derrick Henry. Is it going to be that no one comes calling, i.e. Ezekiel Elliott as well, until September to kick the tires on him? But also, I wanted to pair it with this. I know the Titans only have five wins this year. Four of them have come at home. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and you only have, because they played a game in London, so you only have, what, seven or eight home games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they started out 3-0 and at home. Yeah. So those are the two things I think that they will cling to in this matchup. Yeah. It, it, it took him, Henry, a little while to get going. But right now, we were so excited about the tank, I think I would take the diesel uh, next year uh, in a heartbeat. That's for sure. All right, into the 1 o'clock hour we go. Uh, let's stay on this. The idea of beating that team always feels good. And now with uh, another AFC South crown on the line, we'll keep it going on XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We rock and roll into the 1 o'clock hour. XL Primetime. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sars. We are the dudes. He is big, along with J.J. LaSalva. 
You can definitely join in with us on YouTube. Go search 1010XL. Throw a comment our way there and on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. Uh, we were talking uh, with Blaine Bishop uh, about you know the give up uh, in the team, and he did say that Mike Vrabel uh, that has coached them well enough to where they play hard, uh, but they're still a football team that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot uh, right now to play for or, or to work with because of just how many injuries they have. I'm not buying it. You ain't buying it? I'm not buying think? the poor mouth, no. No? Like, right. yeah, he's trying to sucker us in. That's I all it was. I am falling for it. I, I ain't really falling am. for it, bro. I absolutely am not falling for it. You're smarter than me. Absolutely. I know that. I was listening to all the, you know, the song and dance and, <laughs> you know, the violins playing and we're a lowly old Tennessee Titans. I'm not, I'm not falling for it. You ain't buying it? I know this team too well. I've played them too many, too many times, especially at home. At home, they're, they're going to show and prove. This is the last home game for the Tennessee Titans in a disappointing season. Come on now, and they got the you got the vaunt, you got the the Jaguars, your nemesis for the last what 20, 30 some odd years. There's yeah. no way they're going to lay down against us. And given everything Derrick Henry has done to this team, exactly as in done done think, to the Jaguars and, you, and also done. For and you don't the think Titans. he wants to go out with a bang with the Jaguars? That this is, might be his last time as a, as a Titan. Come on now. Yeah, that Don't is fall true. for it, bro. They're I'm not falling for it. He's like, there's Dewey. Huh? I want to do it team. to him one yeah, more time. A lot of bad teams won. The Cardinals, they were a bad team. And didn't they beat the Eagles? Yes, they were. Oh, okay. The Jags don't win this game. It's a failure. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a total fail. Absolutely, it's a total fail. If they can't beat this team to get in the playoffs, it's a total fail the whole right. season. I'll say the same exact thing that I said on the kickoff show, and I'm pretty sure I said it on primetime the Friday before the Panthers game as well when we were at Bold City Brewery. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat this team – you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. I agree. Yeah, that, I'm not giving a score prediction. I'm just that <laughs> is that is the the bold take of sorts that I will give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have and, and they, like we just said uh, over the last couple of days, they just barely beat and I and I don't mean by the scoreboard because they wiped them out, but they just barely beat the worst team in football after losing four straight. Mm-hmm. So they haven't really proved a whole heck of a lot. They did shut out the Carolina Panthers, which is what they're supposed to do. We mentioned the lack of touchdowns in the first half of the last three ball games. They got to get all of that right, uh, and I do feel like against your rival, and I think to your point, Leon, it does get their full attention. Well, well it may it may not be a great football team, but it should get their full. Well, attention. here's the thing: their preparedness this week should be playoff. Mm-hmm. Everybody, they should be preparing for this is a playoff game. They've got a, the intensity in practice, the preparedness, the sacrifice, whatever you need to do to make sure you come away with this win, this team needs to do. It can't be allowed. Mistakes can't be allowed in practice. Mentally, you got to be into it. You got to be in tune. You got you to treat this like a playoff game. Yeah. It's a road playoff game is, is what you got to treat this game as. It's got to be a business trip, all about the business of winning the game. And this, this team needs to go in and start to feel a little bit about what that star power and all the projections were with this football team. Remember what we all talked about? Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, Travis, you know, pairing up all these guys. What Zay did for this team down the stretch last year. Only way we all know that it hasn't manifested itself over the course of the season. Hasn't gotten there. And it needs to get there. Let me ask you guys this. We spoke with Christian Kirk yesterday. You can find that interview on our YouTube channel. I didn't think that since he's not on the active roster yet, we'd be yeah, able to speak be. with him. But yeah. I, I kind of went over to PR, and they were like, well, he's here. He's here. He's so I was like, all right, okay, I guess we're talking. I feel like this is deja vu as I'm saying this. I think we had the same exact thing happen last year, but I digress. Um, so in, in speaking with him, Leon, you know, he stressed that it has to be a gradual process. He has learned that. What was the quote he gave? It was something about, like, fighting biology. Like, you can't beat the body or something like that. Like, you have to do what the body tells you to do. Mm-hmm. But it is win or go home, essentially. It is win or go home. So if you're Christian Kirk, 
Well, I mean, well, if you're Christian Kirk, you're telling this team uh, get a win so I can get back and play. That's mm-hmm. what I would tell him. He may not be able to go this week, but he he's letting his teammates know, hey, listen, I'm a week away, bro. You win this game, I could probably give you something on Saturday or Sunday when the playoffs start. So I mean, if that if that if that's not motivation enough, I don't know what else is because it clearly be. clearly this offense has struggled ever since he's been gone. Yeah. It struggled. Yeah, and I know Ian Rappaport tweeted out the stats without him, and some people were saying it's a, you know lazy, not really reading into all the numbers, this, that, and the other. But we'll read them anyways because they are pretty eye popping of what this team has looked like without Christian Kirk. Um, so obviously he gets hurt first play of that mm-hmm. loss to the Bengals. Um, but weeks one through thirteen, this team was eight and four. They were ninth in the league in points per game, twelfth in total yards. Since one and three. 28th in points per game, 21st in yards per game. Trevor Lawrence with or without Kirk this season. With him, 14 touchdowns to 7 picks, a 68% completion percentage. Without him, a 57.4% completion percentage, 5 touchdowns, 5 picks. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And that's a... I mean, and listen, like, I've seen plenty of people that are like, you know, this this note from NFL Research isn't taking into account... You know, this, that, and the other that, you know, Trevor didn't play last week that, you know, Trevor and or Kirk only played one play against the Bengals, that Trevor was having an elite game against Cincinnati before he got hurt in the fourth quarter of that game. I've seen a lot of it, but but you cannot deny that the offensive operation, the sophistication of how schematically they are set up could not function in that fashion without Christian Kirk. Because those checks at the line, those alerts, those kills, he knows where to be. But these young guys, which Christian did admit yesterday, you know, it's tough for the young guys that they get thrown in and this is a very sophisticated offense that you need to be alert for this, that, and the other. That's why when you saw success this week, was it perhaps because they simplified it? Right. There was less changing the play I, at the yeah. line. And I dumb it down sounds like a, a slap. But right. you do have to you do have to simplify it and make it easy. But I do wonder, uh, is it is it the Doug difficulty in, in, the, in the deeper playbook? Is it the press difficulty in the deeper playbook? I don't know, but I completely get what you're saying. So, and I just go back to the idea that this was supposed to be a <clears throat> quick decision-making type of offense with a lot of playmakers. So with, the, with the young receivers, we, we need playbook for dummies, is what you're saying? <laughs> because these are paid professionals. Yeah. It, it, and they, why do you have to schematically reduce the play? I mean, Well, I think that I, also what, speaks back, to why was it so sophisticated to begin with. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I, I, we're going to be in my era. In my era. In my era. Stay in your era, Leon. If, if the young players didn't, didn't go out there and – it, it was on. It was. It was encompassed upon the the veterans to get the young guys ready for when their yeah. time is to play. And if they don't play as such, then that's not that's not an indictment on the coaching staff. That's an indictment on the guys. And, for, and I'm not. I'm not trying to call out Christian and all them kind of stuff. I'm just saying that that's how it was. If, if, if someone was in there to replace you, you, you damn sure made sure that he knew what the hell he was doing because you ain't want him to embarrass himself, or you ain't want him to embarrass the unit. And the wide receiver coach, Chad Hall, has yeah. some some certainly incumbent on him to make sure that these guys know what they're doing. All right, so let's just pair this up with a bold fact because, honestly, when we mentioned Ingram, Kirk, Calvin, E.T., all these guys were supposed to be mm. among the best in the National Football League. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery. 
Duval's first craft brewery. Online at BoldCityBrewery.com. You can always count on the great craft. Just head on into the production house right there on Roselle Street. We've been there the last couple of Fridays, and it's always a great place to get some great grub and some of that great craft. You'll find them right on Roselle in Riverside and, of course, downtown, Bold City downtown. Look for them there, and you've got uh, a fun night in store for you uh, coming up tonight with burgers, bingo, and burgers, the Smash Burger Special, and they've got the uh, great little BOGO offer going with the craft. All right, so I mentioned how many of these big names that we were looking forward to with the Jaguars. Remember when San Francisco came rolling into town and we said, hey, this team has just as much firepower as that team, right? That was an opportunity for us to find out. This was pre-Christian Kirk injury. Bottom line is we all know what happened. They got beat by five scores. So here they are, the 49ers. They have put together another thing of history, all right? They are the fourth team in the NFL with a 4,000-yard passer and four players with 1,000 or more scrimmage yards. We know who they are. Brock, 4,280. Christian McCaffrey, how about he? How about the fact that he has over 2,000 scrimmage yards? Brandon Ayuk, Devo, and George Kittle. So I need three other teams in NFL history that have had a 4,000-yard passer, four players with over a grand of scrimmage yards. 2,000 Rams. 2,000 Rams, and I'd say the 2006 Colts. Because mm, yeah. then you'd have Marv, Reggie, and Edrin. Yeah. yeah. Or even, um, who was the slot receiver, too? I think he was in it, too. Stokely? Or yeah. Stokely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had Dallas Clark, too, didn't they? And Dallas Clark, yeah. So I think it's the, the greatest show on turf and then the 2006 Colts. All right. Oddly enough... The St. Louis Rams are not among this mm. list. Wow. Are the Chargers with Jefferson and Fouts? And There's another good one. Mm. Not on this Chuck list. Another Muncy good one, though. And by Winslow. the way, just to kind of go down your road, one of these you got to – well, two of these you got to go back in time in. Dolphins? How about nope. Clayton? And, no. Nope. Nope, because they just didn't crank out that many yards yeah, what back about, then. What about the Bills with Jim Kelly and no, another good one. Thomas and – Andre Reid. No Maybe what about? Um, I mean, I don't think Gronk and he who must not be named. Is it one of those Jerry Glanville run and shoot teams? Uh, you may be going down the right road. Yeah, that's who it is. It's uh, the run and shoot. shoot. Yeah, it is. It's, I'd have uh, to look it up. I'd have to look it up. Jeff George. It's Jeff George with uh, Jamal Anderson. All right, so JJ, you can Andre pull this Risen. up. But uh, you know, I'll give I'll give Mia a mini ding. I'll give Maddie a mini ding. Uh, because it's not the six Colts, it's the 2004 Colts, okay? okay? Mm. So you definitely... Same were, lineup, yeah, but... Exactly, you were on it. Yeah. And then the Falcons in 1995, and so, J.J., you got to pull that one up. And then the other one, 1990, Houston Oilers, oh. the now Tennessee Titans. Mm. And remember, they had some cats back then. Can you remember? Is that is that Warren, Warren that Moon? That would be Warren Moon. Yeah. Warren Moon. Uh, and we could go back and look Lorenzo at that White? roster. No. Oh, yeah. You had, remember Givens? You had Givens. those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. So we'll pull those up just for a little bit of fun. But that, uh, that, that so that's what. It actually sh- wasn't Jamal Anderson with 1,000 yards. He barely played that year. It was Craig Neward. Uh, Hayward. Ironhead. Hayward, excuse yeah, me. Ironhead. Yeah, Ironhead Hayward. That's uh, uh, the, the dad uh, of oh, Hayward Cameron, playing right yeah, now. Cameron, right. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. All right. So we'll get those other lineups. Uh, the Falcons, the Receiving Oilers. Receiving it was Eric Metcalf and uh, Burt. Emmanuel. Yeah, Bert Emanuel's pretty dang good. Uh, that's for sure. He was in a Bucks uniform and a Falcons uniform back in his day. All right, XL Primetime. That's a good bold fact. We'll keep it coming with a little more of that 
coming up on XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. His ears must have been ringing. We were discussing Derrick Henry, potentially his final game in a Titans uniform, potentially his last game against the Jaguars in a Titans uniform. Today is his 30th birthday. And so he's currently meeting with reporters and says he's still waiting for his gifts from the media. Uh, He was then asked about being productive after 30. Quote, we'll see. Stay tuned. (laughs) They'll be running out and getting him a gift right now. Hall of Famer? I I felt like that that discussion was warranted Mm. uh, really over the last couple of years. His numbers do not suggest it, Mm -hmm. just sheer numbers. But he is one of the last – you want to talk about great Hall of Fame? Why do certain guys stand out? Because they're famous for what they do. He's He might be regarded as one of the last great running backs. In other words, not the Christian McCaffrey-style runner mm-hmm. that we see in today's world, but just a bruising, battering, battering running back that will absolutely go between – and the speed – that that big man has. I've seen him jet past yeah. people or leave people at 6'3", 245, 250 pounds. It's mm-hmm. insane. Uh, yeah. 89 touchdowns in his career to Fred Taylor's 66. Yeah. He's Yardage. like 2,000 yards away from Fred Taylor. Yeah. That's, that's uh, the only he's one. He's in there, man. He's, what, like the yeah. eighth, he's only like the eighth player to ever have hit the 2,000-yard mark in a single season. Yeah, he, he, there, yeah. Look, there was some stat like that a year or two ago that he, he was approaching. He definitely will be given consideration because mm-hmm. of, I'm telling you, for the hall, you could add, you could yeah. argue the last lock. great running back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's in. He's yeah. a lock. I don't know if he's a lock. Oh, I do. I think he is. Yeah, no. I think he's lock. He, yeah, yeah. Because, day, this generation, because this era doesn't have other running backs. Right. Like, they'll have an appreciation. Fred's competing with like a bunch of guys. Right. Yeah. They'll have an appreciation uh, for what he did. Derrick Henry yeah. is uh, maybe McCaffrey and him, or that's it, really. Uh, I think he's a lock. I, yeah, they're, they're two different styles. No, and, but I'm saying out of this era right. of great running backs. Yeah, and, and I, like Fred Taylor right now. Maybe is Zeke. He also year, did it with an offense when and th- everybody knew that's all they had. Yeah, Zeke even tailed. Exactly. It's all they had was him, and everybody yeah. knew it, and he still Look, got I, yards. I'm, I'm not saying no. No, I'm no, I know you're not. I'm just, I'm just making his case. Yeah, he, he will not be a shoe-in. That, that's, I, yeah. I just feel like, unfortunately, Fred's having to fight, and he has 10,000 yards, and Derrick Henry's 2,000 below that number or close to that. And even though the touchdowns dwarf Fred's, they both are, are I would think, maybe storylines in smaller markets but I just wonder how the rest of the NFL will view him. You I know, think he's great. You know what's unfortunate is that, that when he does get in that room and they show the film, there'll be a lot of us in that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, oh, yeah. Dewey and be a whole lot, lot of Leon Jacobs in that There'll be a whole the, the lot of Jaguars yeah. in that field. Uh, how come all the highlights we see are against that team? Exactly. Uh, yeah, from Duval. Listen, a 99-yard run alone? Oh, that's going to oh, be the first goodness. highlight. Yeah. Jesus. It may not be the first highlight Jacobs, only because it'll take too long. Or the yeah. last. Yeah, they will end it with that. I mean, the stiff arm, the hip flip, and everything. He, he ragdolled wow. multiple guys multiple he times. He did. And, uh, yeah, there are other guys who made business decisions. Business. I think we know some who you are. Of, some uh, of them escorted them into the end zone. By the way, Cats. so he was with the Titans, and when they wore those old school Oilers uniforms, mm-hmm. did they not look sweet? You they were. Those, they were those were sweet. Yeah. So Old I school. went back and looked at the the '90 Houston Oilers team that we were talking about, and you, you're talking about guys that went over a total of a thousand yards in that backfield. Well, of course you have Warren Moon quarterbacking, 
but you had Mike Rozier in the backfield. You had Ernest Givens. You had Drew Hill. You had Haywood Jeffries. Remember Haywood? Yeah. yeah. He was a him. damn good player. The 90, 1990 Houston Oilers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Lorenzo White was the guy. Yeah, Lorenzo White. I'm just saying, I'm looking. Mike Rozier was on that team. Lorenzo White was the guy who went over 1,000 yards. He had, well, actually, he had 702 yards on the ground and had 368 receiving. So that's what put him over the 1,000-yard mark. And then Ernest Givens also did not get over 1,000 receiving. He had that reverse or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. certain little plays that he had and was able to scratch out. Let's see here. He had 900 yards, 970 yards. But there was two guys, Drew Hill and Hayward Jeffries, both were 1,000. So it's Lorenzo White. Hayward Jeffries and Drew Hill, as well as of course Warren Moon throwing for four thousand yeah, yards. Yeah, but this is four that went over a thousand yards. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and so no, along with a four thousand yard. Oh, passer, so I guess he, yeah. he had sixty five yards rushing. Yeah, so okay. Ernest Givens got over with those just little quick reverses. You know, sixty five yards as was all he needed to get over the, the uh, thousand yard mark. Ernest Givens was a good little player when you go back and and those were those smaller receivers that mm-hmm. we don't see nearly as often anymore that's for sure all right from the national football league let's pivot back to the college ranks briefly because our friends at saturday down south have released their way too early sec quarterback rankings no matt hayes did not put this list together he will coming up has matt hayes seen this list yet i have not okay my guess is Graham Mertz is somewhere high in that list he's very high this is from chris marler and he has quinn ewers at number one well first off chris marler is like a whatever He's okay. just a social media guy. Oh, okay. wow. wow. Taking shots at colleagues. It's he's not, he's, not, he's, actually, he's actually not a colleague. He doesn't oh really work there. Oh, my God. It says he's the content director. He doesn't really work there, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> totally threw this guy well, out of Well, either way. Off the um, website. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not throwing him under the bus. He's just a tool is what he is. Uh, he's always uh, been a tool. Like not a, a tool like him. Like no, that, that's guy. literally what his shtick is. He's a tool. Mm. Sounds oh, like a hip flip to me. Yeah, but... Nothing personal. Yeah, no, nothing uh, it's personal. from the official Saturday Down South account, and it's a fun exercise. It. it gets us talking and you yeah. guys debating yeah. on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. So let's go with it. Um, at number one, Quinn Ewers. Number two, Carson Beck. At number three, Jackson Dart returning to Ole Miss. At number four, Jalen Milrow, fresh off a college football playoff appearance, followed by Brady Cook of Mizzou. Nico Iamaleva. Take mm-hmm. that um, well, to Brock Osweiler, who couldn't pronounce Iamali. He's changed it apparently. No, I know. Brock Osweiler pronounced it three different ways during the bowl game on Monday. It was awful. Um, At number seven, Garrett Nussmeyer of LSU. At number eight, Graham Mertz, Ah. the University of Florida. Mm. So a guy who started. He's in the top ten, right? At number nine, Connor Wiegman of A&M. And at number ten, Jackson Arnold of Oklahoma. By the way, real quick, this has nothing to do with the quarterback rankings. Lane Kiffin just posted on X a picture of pulling up a shark. Like a small shark, he's fishing right now, mm-hmm. and it says it Jim McElwain anywhere to be found. And it says catch and release. Oh yeah, yeah. In other words, Quinshawn. Yeah, go get one. Yeah, you gotta Gone. go. You gotta go, we'll man. Get another. Yeah, yeah we'll and get he's another. got Jackson Dark coming back. Wow. And Spencer Sanders is still on that roster too, right? <clears throat> Uh, I don't no, know how many years. Gone. He's gone. No, he's gone. Yeah, yeah he's gone. They but, have the, but the Howard's back. Howard's, well, Howard's back. back. Yeah, and, Will Howard. And Austin Simmons, the kid Florida couldn't get, is on mm-hmm. on that roster. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But that, they're that's, good at quarterback. Yeah, that's the name of the game. But getting back to the rankings, and we'll find out what they look like once they go through spring and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer, meh. 
I mean, there's there's nothing there. Now, he may have a chance to turn into a decent quarterback. Yeah, he was decent. He yeah, was and, decent. They won the game. Yeah. It's a yeah. bad Wisconsin team. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. But anyway, it certainly was, wasn't where you're like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Because I've been wanting to see a little bit more. And we saw him last year in the SEC championship game when Jaden Daniels was hurt. But the other one is is that Carson Beck's better than Quinn Ewers right now, I would think, with the season that he had. He's played better than him, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And so definitely. Ewers is good, but I still coming into the SEC. Plus Ewers may not be coming back. Right. I, I just would I wouldn't hesitate to put Carson Beck first because he has played in oh, the Oh, he's conference. clearly he's clearly number one on that list. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent he's number one. I I mean LSU, by the way, also signed AJ Swan from Vanderbilt. That kid's mm-hmm. a player. Mm-hmm. That kid can throw the ball. He's yeah, just on but, a bad team. Yeah, he was on a bad team, but he also wasn't good on a bad team there for a while, and that's why he lost well, his job. That's not why he lost. This is a well, whole other story. Okay. My bigger question that. is – The point is, I, th- I think he's going to play really well at LSU, that kid. Jalen Milrow just went to a college football playoff, and if not for his heroics against Georgia and Auburn, are they even in the playoff? And he's at number four. Are we okay with that? We think Ewers, Beck, Dart, all should be ahead of him? The only thing I'd say about Milrow is that last game might have been a little more revealing – as far as you know, how to defend him, how to read, make, the defense. Yeah, make him make decisions. Because I honestly wanted to see him take off and run more earlier in the ball game. When he did, he was successful, and I feel like he needs to do that, Leon, just to give him a chance to make defenses respect the risk of run. Because when they sat back there and they made him make a decision, it didn't. It didn't go as yeah, well. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he he was a little indecisive, and I think that had a lot to do with Michigan. Michigan, the way they played them defensively, a lot he, to do. You they know, were, know they were formationally. Yeah, formationally. Yeah, exactly. Time. I mean, that that was the key, and I was a little surprised that when because when you saw him in other games where it wasn't there, yeah. you know, it's almost like he wanted to be a pocket passer, but he but most of the games that he's played and when it wasn't there, he utilized his legs to get. Yeah, and, and Dude, was, we I'll didn't see what, that. I wouldn't put anything threat. past that cat, man. I think he comes back and he's a better thrower next year. I agree. Yeah, another I, year. I think it's going to be like a, you know, Jaden Daniels was not the great most polished thrower at Arizona State. It took time. Mm-hmm. So I could easily see Jalen Miller developing into right. more of a, of a And Tommy thrower. Reese now got his mitts on now, him. This is not an offseason of competition. Now he gets compared. The, the comparison is uh, – uh, I'm not Jaylen saying he's Jane Daniels. All I'm saying is I could see him oh, develop. Oh, to Jalen Hurts? He's the comparison is Jalen Hurts. I mean, I, is, is, he a, is he a version of that, or could he be a better version of Jalen I, I think Jalen was more of a pure thrower in college, but it doesn't mm. mean that Jalen Milrow can't do that. Now, the mm. question is, does he have the right guy coaching him? Like, once Jalen Hurts <clears throat> went to Lincoln Riley, I think everybody saw, totally whoa, different guy. this dude's a quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be that way right now with Tommy Rees? And, and I mean, honestly, Nick Saban has a decision to make. I think not, just, not only with Tommy Rees, but with Kevin Steele, too, both of them. Okay, but I wouldn't be, honestly, I wouldn't be running Tommy Rees off. I, I thought he did a good job with the offense that he had and with the challenges that he had. Because, again, we went, we went deep into December without really solidifying that quarterback spot. And so that was a neg. That was definitely a neg. So now you know who your guy is, and now you start to build around and make him better as a passer. Uh, so. Brady Cook coming back? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's coming back. back. I didn't realize he had any more years of eligibility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm telling player, you, the man. only people that pray for pandemics are college athletes. <laughs> they get extra <laughs> years. That mm-hmm. that's they, They're the ones, man. And if, those if there's a virus, the it's either China or college athletes. That are he's a, Brady Cook's a good player. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's – He's 32. He's, he's, he's different. I think <laughs> that's why I, I sort of like – I think he's like 23. When we talk about some of these guys that are like, oh, he's a great quarterback or he's a – you know, like uh, 
Well, they're like four years older than everyone else. <laughs> yeah, they I should know. be. Where is Vandergriff well, in that list, by the way? It's true. Is he is he even ranked? He may yeah. not be ranked because we no. haven't Where's seen him. Where's Vandergriff in that list? Vandergriff's Vandergriff. not on the list. Yeah, because okay. we got to see him. All right, we'll keep it rolling. One more seg before we hand it off to the Frangie Show, talking uh, about your Jaguars and the rest of the NFL playoff picture. Trevor says he's feeling better day by day. That's good news as you get ready to take on the Titans. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor is at practice and he's throwing the ball. I just thought you guys would want to know that. Yep, that's it. That's uh, simple as that. I do see some Nooners panicked on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures that the betting line has dropped from five and a half to four. I've seen three and a half on some sports books. Um, as JJ noted, it, as long as it's not like a four point drop. Yeah, I don't. Not, they wouldn't just drop it a point if Trevor wasn't playing. But I, or I, if they think he's not going to play. I, I want to keep an eye on that because if you just came out with that, in other words, he's out there and he's throwing whether that will go back up again. That's that, exactly. That, that's one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Speaking of the Jags, let's do the 10-10 take, okay? Now, Joe C's 10-10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. Sonny's, man, they serve it up fast after smoking it slow, and you know what you like. Ribs, chicken, pork, turkey, brisket, whatever it might be, along with those tremendous sides, make sure you roll on in to any Sonny's and get some good barbecue. Now, I'm thinking, you were thinking at the beginning of the year that when we announced Pro Bowl rosters, 16 would have been on it because he was looking like he was ready to burst onto the scene. Well, that didn't happen. But I tell you what, how about long snapper and pass rusher? Uh, just give the snapper a round of applause. Uh, Ross we Madisic. stumped for him hard. Okay, you don't go far without a good snapper. And he made it, and Josh Allen made it, and Josh had a tremendous uh, season. Uh, honestly, that guy has earned a contract. But the thing that's getting me more than anything else with the 10-10 take, Leon, is that why not a little respect for Foye Aluakon? I know the other two inside backers, who was at Roquan Smith, hard to argue with that. I mean, he was an excellent, excellent player this year. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the on the second inside linebacker. I think it was Fred, well, Fred Warner's in the NFC. Yeah, on the on the NFC. But anyway, bottom line is, is he's going to be. I would think when it's all said and done, going to be named an alternate. But it just kind of ticked me off just a little bit that he didn't get the recognition that maybe he deserved. But Foye would have been the one one guy that I thought. No, no. What's the long snapper's name again? Ross Madison. Ross Madison. What's yeah. more impressive is that the other long snappers voted him in. Yes. So that means that the long snappers saw something in him that was, Patrick ende- was endearing. Yeah, Pat loved the yeah, fact that we're actually talking about long yeah. snappers. That's hey, man. I you thought know it was what? a deep snapper now, Leon. What, what are you saying, Matt Hayes? No, I, yeah. I'm saying I love the fact that we're no, talking about no, long no, snappers. No, I, 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 I sensed it in your voice. No, <laughs> no. I, I was talking with me off the oh, okay. I thought it was great. Okay. Listen, he's Joey a little Zalinka. sarcastic Yeah, he's He ranks number one among all long snappers in coverage. He's the only one that has a forced fumble and a recovered fumble this year. Right there. Right. Yeah. And no, remember no, the, how, how boss he looked at that moment when he made that play? It was no, no, no. Good coverage, the reason why I was asking I was asking that because I you know, I have been in rooms where they vote for guys at the Pro Bowl and I'm wondering, you know, as far as long snappers go, how do how do you figure who goes to the Pro Bowl? Because only long snappers know if you're good enough. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's they true. usually they usually don't have a say when it comes to Pro Bowl votes. Like so remember Rich Griffith back in the day or yeah. Joey Zelenka? Yeah, they're probably looking at him like just uh, you know, kind of like scrutinizing every move that he makes. There's mm-hmm. only too many people that can do that. That's true. Uh, yeah. But Patrick Patrick Queen and uh, Roquan Smith. Okay, those are good inside linebackers. But I just feel like Foye did something this year. 
that we hadn't seen him do before, rush the passer, pick off passes. He's a tackling machine. We all know that. But he did more this year. At least that's the way I looked at it. I think there's a good argument floating around social media right now of if not for the four-game losing streak when voting was really picking up. Yeah, it is true. Maybe that changes the narrative a little bit. Um, But on Josh Allen's part, and thank you to John Shipley of Jaguar Report for putting this little anthology together because it's so true. In five years since he was selected number seven overall, Josh Allen has made two Pro Bowls. He set the Jaguars' rookie sack record. He set the Jaguars' single-season sack record. He is 11 and a half sacks away from the franchise's all-time sack record. Could you make the argument he is their best first-round pick since Fred Taylor? No. Yeah. No. I, no, because – oh, since Fred Taylor. Yeah, since Fred. Okay, I was throwing Bo in there. Mm. All right, because I'm going to go through – like mm. this is a, a good discussion for another day, but I'm going to go through my mind quickly. Ramsey? Big John, Marcus Stroud, Marcus Stroud. Donovan Darius – uh, you can go to uh, a few other guys that made impact plays immediately, stuck around for Hen. quite a long time. Big Hen. Big Hen. Yeah, yeah, Mount, yeah that's a, set him for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, John Henderson and Marcus Stroud would would easily be the first couple that I would name. Mm-hmm. And Donovan came in the same year, so it was after Fred because he went 25th, and he definitely would would qualify because he was Man. a he was Ramsey. A, yeah, he's probably, he's probably better than Ram, Ramsey now because. He didn't stay. Ramsey didn't stay that long. Yeah, he, that's that's the unfortunate part. But you can't help but think of a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Now there's some, a lot of other misses in the first round. We certainly are aware of that. But yeah, those are the ones. I'd have to go back in time, because you go through that from thirteen, really from eight yeah. on. Derek Harvey, uh, uh-uh. uh. Reggie Nelson, he left. He could have been. And, and then we just start going down the line with well, the Alu-Alus, the Gabberts, the Blackmans. The, the Blackmans. I mean, my gosh, man. I mean, as Bortles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, I who mean, was the O-line? He's the boat. He's right. the boat. Well, yeah, I mean, because you, you had o, uh, Eugene Monroe. You had who? Eugene Monroe and Luke Jokel. Jokel, yeah. Two first-round <laughs> top ten picks. One was the second overall, and the other one was number nine overall, I believe. Mm-hmm. What a waste that was. Talking about Baby Baselli? Y'all yeah. killed him when y'all did that. I, <laughs> when y'all named him that, I said, he is done. Ah, it was just so bad. So, yeah, uh, at least Ship is on the right path when he says that uh, you could argue that this guy mm. – and Josh Allen has gone from, oh, my. Remember, that night was the night that the Giants decided to take mm. Daniel Jones right in front of the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Josh Allen. Josh Allen had the Jaguar print – uh, sport coat on. He looked mm-hmm. solid. And so he fell to the Jags number seven. And this was also because the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell, mm-hmm. which was a huge miss. They should have obviously taken Josh fourth overall if they were looking for a pass rusher. I mean, anyway, the rest which of John history. Gruden later tried to defend when the Jaguars played the Raiders and oh shut down the Coliseum in Gosh. Oakland by saying, well, we, we you know, we, we, we run a 4-3. It was basically his explanation. What did the Jaguars run in 2019? Yeah. A 4-3. Yeah, so yeah. those were the two mistakes. Yeah, well, unfortunately, with all this success, he's going to get tagged. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he might, and now you got to make a I decision. I know I'm a Debbie Downer, but it's – No, but, no, but you're right. Yeah, we just had tag. somebody text in, Leon, mm-hmm. and say, let's see how he does after the contract year, and I'm wondering if it is Trent Bulky, just because, you know, that mm-hmm. that is – And by the way – That is what we're staring it, it, down the barrel yeah. of. It should be pointed out – it should be pointed out that Balky drafted a defensive end, number one overall, Leon, an mm-hmm. outside linebacker, sure. playing the same position that Josh Allen's playing because he didn't think he was going to be living up to that. So, all right, we'll make that maybe part of our takeaway coming up here in a second. But first. 
Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Frank Frangie joins us now. Frangie's show coming up in the 2 o'clock hour because we've got Jaguars programming at 4 o'clock. What up, Frangie? How's everybody? We're doing Ready? good, man. Ready? Pro yeah. Bowl? You, you, how do you I, feel about the Pro Bowl? I just got through. You know, We, we, we gave the snapper some love, the love <laughs> yeah. that he deserves, uh, along with Josh Allen. But I felt like Foyer was largely ignored. Mia makes a great point that the four-game losing streak was when a lot of votes were being made, unfortunately. Yeah, there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Um, he's going to lead the league in tackles three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Only a handful of guys have ever done that. And yeah. uh, the point I made, Frank, is that he rushed yeah. the passer this year right. and he picked off the football. Yeah, he I, did some stuff. And I think he and I and I honestly, I, and I'm bi- we're biased. I can't imagine that there's a better pass catching tight end in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, Evan, Evan Ingram, definitely. I, I mean, I mean, Kirk was hurt. Zay Jones was hurt. Ridley had to find his way. They win Sunday, and I think they're going to. They're in the playoffs. They're going to win a division. And I think 17 might be as big a part of that as anybody. So, again, we're Jacksonville and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. kind of annoyed me. I, I, don't, I don't get annoyed easily. I'm kind of annoyed. Kind of, those two kind of – the Ingram one really annoyed me. The only rationale I had was that the final Pro Bowl he made when he was with the Giants – it was also the year he led the league and led tight ends and drops. Yeah. Uh, so maybe this yeah, is the mulligan. Like, but that's the only thing I can come up with. I guess so. so we'll see. Anyway, and it uh, took him forever to get in the end zone. Unfortunately for right, him, right? That yeah. too. Yeah. It really did. Are y'all confident about Sunday? Yeah. Um. Yes. I, I think the Derrick Henry birthday celebration in Nashville has given me a little bit of pause. Yeah. Um. But that's really the the biggest concern I have is. Does this team play for him and Ryan Tannehill knowing this is the final iteration of that Titans team, or are they truly ready for Cabo and that offensive line is just so horrific and the secondary well, is so many guys who've never started starting well, that? You, well, you hit the uh, what you no, all good points. Yeah. Um, the offensive line might be the worst the Titans have had yeah. in since they've been playing the Jaguars. It, it, it I makes mean, you, I mean, it, honestly, it might be the worst offensive line. Right. Leon, I don't know if you've weighed in on this, yeah. stuff, but it may be the worst offensive line they've put together. I know since I've called the games. Yeah. In my ten years calling the games, they haven't had a line. Well, every year we have, or every game we yeah. have Blaine Bishop on. Yeah. He goes, dude, that yeah. line is awful. I, uh, he uh, said, you will get some sacks me, off of that. Let line. me tell you something. For Derrick Henry to have a thousand yards, it's a miracle is a miracle, mm-hmm. uh, and that means he still has some. So we'll yeah. talk about that. I want to talk about what we should do with bowl games. Uh, what, is there a better way to fix the bowl system uh, now that it, now that we have a playoff? We'll talk about Jags. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up in just a bit. Thanks, All right, guys. Sounds good. Frank Hayes, Lauren, and R.J. They got it rolling coming up here at the two p. hour. Now, today's takeaways, brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Well, my take is uh, this is a business trip for the Jaguars. And what we, what we said earlier, if this team can't find a way to beat the Tennessee Titans, uh, a decimated team with injuries and guys out, then they don't deserve to make the playoffs. That's just my assessment. If they can't win this game, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. Yeah, my take is better team, better roster. You, you have to win the game. It's not even you should. You have to win the game. My takeaway is I didn't realize both Imani Hooker and Christian Fulton are both on IR. We know the curious case of Caleb Farley. I mean, hearing it from Blaine Bishop himself, who played safety for the Tennessee Titans, how banged up and just bad and first-time starters, how many there are on that in that secondary, whether it's 16 or C.J. Beathard, throw the ball. Run it, run, it, run it, though, too. Yeah. Don't forget to run it because oh, yeah. that's don't important. Forget. That's very important. Don't, don't, don't hear that press and run with it. My takeaway is I had the bidet out of my head, and now it's back in my head. I didn't think it would happen, but it did, and I got a feeling it's probably not going to leave. Yeah, me for we a while. appreciate all yeah. the texters yeah. giving us their hey, personal man, you experience. You never know until you try yeah. it. Yeah. There yeah. was not one person who had a negative experience. Again, not this one. is 
This is a positive. And it, like I said, it's a positive for any human being that gets it. It's extra special for him. And, and, and therefore, he lets us all know. So we are done. We are out of here. Got the Fringe Show coming up next. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty A's, Big Sirs, and JJ. By the way, Players Grill Mandarin tomorrow with a noon launch. So we'd love to see you.